Hello everyone, my name is Sophia and welcome back to Project Oyster, relatable stories that create emotional connections. Today our guest speaker is Gunn High School senior Rena Newhouse. You may recognize her as the cheery and bubbly Tuesday morning anchor woman on TBN, or as the girl who actually loves Mondays since she gets the chance to talk to her classmates and ask them about their weekends. She also runs her own YouTube channel, which is a topic we will begin into discussing later in the episode. So Rena, it was really nice meeting you. And I guess just how's your week been going? How's your life? Oh my gosh. So far this week has been amazing. Really? What's happened? Yeah. So a lot has happened, but specifically yesterday was super great because Uh it was physics day and it fell on my birthday. Really? It was your birthday? Yeah, it was. Oh, thank you. Did you get like super sunburned I heard like I got a little bit sunburned uh-huh. around my neck yeah but I just went all out on the really? sunscreen oh, that's a good thing. so yeah. I felt super gross but uh-huh. at least I wasn't that sunburned oh yeah no I had friends who like came back with war scars oh. <laughs> <They're>, like, <laughs> super sunburned oh yeah that's yeah, so things like that happen oh happy thank late you birthday. oh yeah I appreciate that yeah so like I guess um do you want to talk a little bit more about like what you do at gun like for example tbn yeah stuff like that? so at gun mm-hmm. I am a part of the tbn I anchor most Tuesdays mm-hmm. and I also just try to get involved with whatever mm-hmm. activities are going on I try to come to shows I try to um, like, I don't know, during International Week, mm-hmm. I was part of the open mic with a group, and that was super fun. So you basically try to get involved as much as Trying to get involved, because that great. really helps me, and that keeps my spirits up. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. So, like, it's obviously, like, talking to you now, and, like, when I was talking to you before we started recording, it's, like, amazing how, like, crazy positive and enthusiastic you oh are. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's also giving me a lot of energy because I feel like it's like kind of the morning right now and I'm like tired. I know, but, me too. <laughs> um, so it's great just meeting to you and talking to you. But like, I'm guessing that from people just meeting you in class or for the first time, I doubt that people would expect that you're someone who's actually faced many challenges in your lifetime. So could you talk a little bit about that in your life growing up? Yeah, so this happened for a while. And when I was three years old, I was diagnosed with high-functioning autism which pretty much is a type of communicative disorder. And for most people, that is either having trouble socializing or having trouble having uh, getting social cues or can impact their learning style Mm -hmm. or um, anything along those lines. Mm -hmm. So this is something that I don't think like as like as um, my life here growing up, I don't think it's really ever been mentioned to me. Like we talk about it sometimes, but I feel like there's not much awareness around the issue. So could you talk about, I guess, did it, how did it impact you when you were growing up and how, like, are there any effects you're still feeling today? Yeah, that's a great question. So when I would say this affected me the most from maybe elementary Mm -hmm. till partway in middle school. Mm -hmm. So it, I guess like when I was in kindergarten, I was at one school and I had a great time and things like that. And I had my friends. And then after that, I moved to a different school. And that was a little bit harder, just being thrown into a whole new crowd and feeling a little bit alone in that sense. Mm -hmm. Since like when I was in kindergarten, like my mom came to school sometimes and she was the one who always set up a lot of these get togethers and things like that. And then in the new school, I, um, I don't know. It was just, it was just a little bit weird. And that kind of set me on the wrong foot. I see. So it was a little bit harder to find people considering that I was doing this all by myself. Mm -hmm. And 
But of course, like I still am naturally mm-hmm. pretty extroverted and want to find people, but it can be harder. And it can also be harder to learn sometimes mm-hmm. and just the ways that things are being taught. Yeah. So that, I guess that caused me to leave. And then I went to a Montessori school. Yes. And that I actually really, really enjoyed for the most part because I felt like the way Montessori teaching kind of catered more to how I like to learn, Mm -hmm. which is more interactive, like small groups. And um, there actually wasn't much homework since most of it was being done there with other people Mm -hmm. and having very close bonds with teachers and other things like that. But so like cater to your learning more. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. Do you think that um, this is something that a lot of people know about you and have people ever treated you differently because they know you uh, had this when you were younger, your experiences? Well, I actually have kept the high functioning autism pretty closed. Mm -hmm. I like, of course my parents and my family have known and in fact, I didn't even know that I was diagnosed with this until my parents told me when I was like nine or something oh, like so that. You, you had no so idea. I was kind of, I was in the dark oh, for really? quite a bit. Yeah. So that was one thing. And then um, what was the rest of your question? <laughs> so I guess like, because you didn't know um, other people. Yeah. So then I guess you never felt stigmatized because of this, I guess, because you never really talked about it publicly. I have not talked about it publicly because I was afraid. Of course. I I felt like I was being treated like pretty well mm-hmm. and I did not want that to get worse just because people thought that I was you know different or something. different or lesser or of a person of a person than I already was. I see. That's <laughs> that's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, so so like I guess um how did you so you said when you were younger you went to the, the, this preschool and you're at this Montessori and so how you actually um you were, from reading your script or what you've sent me yeah. I learned that you helped cope yourself with challenges using like a pretty creative outlet. Yeah. So could you talk about that for, for a little sure. bit? For sure. So I guess like in I was at the Montessori school and it was a middle school too as well and Um, I guess during that time I was feeling pretty lonely and things sort of, I felt like I went in a little bit of a relapse back to my early childhood and I felt like, oh no, things are going wrong and I can't fix it while I'm there. Mm -hmm. And I was, I don't know, like I want to talk with people, but I don't, they just didn't really talk back to me, (laughs) which I did not appreciate. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. If no one's going to talk to me, mm-hmm. then I'm going to talk to my camera. I see. So I had this start. Yeah. Yeah. So I had this little camera at my house uh-huh. and a tripod. And I saw a video that I really liked. And it was this girl who seemed super happy and cheery. And I was just like, okay, I want to be like her. She really seemed happy. And and so I wanted to do so that. Like basically myself. who you yeah. wanted to be. Yes. At the time. <laughs> yeah. And so I got out my camera and I just started to make these little skits. Mm-hmm. And at first, not that much happened to my channel. Like, but I want to say like within a few months, it started to get a little bit of recognition. Mm-hmm. And I'd say 
after maybe six or so months, like I started to get some really nice comments that I loved and was like, Rena, you're so good at this. Uh Your videos are awesome. And I felt like it made everything that I've gone through Mm -hmm. in my life all worth it. That's wonderful. So I'm just wondering, like, Mm -hmm. what what kind of videos are these that you post? Yeah, so I've actually uploaded a a lot of different kinds of videos, but I'd say in general, most of these videos are kind of like comedy or just generally funny, and I want to make my audience laugh Mm -hmm. or be happy. Okay. But I've uploaded other different. I've uploaded a few different kinds of videos that aren't exactly like that but in general I think it sort of follows that pattern so like are you still making videos for this channel today and like where has it grown I guess oh yeah so I started my channel in 2014 Mm -hmm. and it has grown quite a bit Mm -hmm. I was I noticed that when I was going through harder times I uploaded more because I guess with other people around me when Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting as much help from them that's when I resorted to my channel. You wanted to like make videos for yourself to make yourself and also other ha- others happy, I guess. Yeah, because there's a great big world out there. Yeah. So that's that was sort of what I was thinking. Um, and then with where my channel has grown. Uh-huh, or where you are now with it. Yeah, so now I don't upload too much just because I have a lot going on and it mm-hmm. is hard to... F- find a balance to upload videos to YouTube, but I really, really enjoy it and I absolutely love what I'm doing on it. So even though I don't get to upload quite as much as I would prefer, I still really enjoy when I do and I try to put out my best work. I guess whenever something difficult happens to me and there's been a lot of difficult things that have happened to me this senior year actually um I've just resorted to either friends or even if the if some of my friends are not available anymore like I can always trust on my family Mm -hmm. and um people some of the people at the wellness center I have a wellness uh center therapist and I feel like I can pretty much tell anything that's going on Mm -hmm. and I always come out of those sessions feeling a thousand times happier (laughs) um but then yeah sorry do you think that I guess the wellness center is a resource that people should be using more yeah so actually I didn't know much about the wellness center at all until like the end of my junior year which is crazy but I think wellness center has many resources but my favorite of all is how they offer free therapy Mm -hmm. and when I first started I didn't really think that I had enough like problems or Mm -hmm. things like that to like warrant getting a counselor or a therapist yeah so I actually just kind of went in because someone recommended it to me and then over time I've really started to um benefit from those sessions and now when I look back I'm like I don't think I could have done it any other way kind of thing great so it's like because I know that um the wellness center although like gun promotes it a lot I know that it's still very stigmatized I think among many kids which is sad because I feel like there are many 
like from personal experience too I feel like there are a lot of good resources in there that people yeah. could be utilizing and if they need to. Truth be told, like sometimes, even when I'm feeling like really broken, mm-hmm. like sometimes going into the wellness center feels wrong, which is incredibly weird to say. Why is that? Do you think? I guess I would say like sometimes I don't, I don't, because you know, there's the lobby in the wellness center and I don't want other people to, to see, see me at that exactly. stage. Mm-hmm. And I feel weird when I'm broken sometimes and I go inside and I just don't want people to see me at that at stage that state. because when I'm at school, my overall appearance is the one who's always cheery, the one who's always positive, uh-huh. the one who sees who's like enthusiastic. light in everything. And no one has really known what I have gone through at gun except for very very select group so it's like I guess um the part of you when you do need to find help or when you do feel broken that's a part of you that you don't necessarily I think everyone can relate to this that's a part of you that you don't want others to see yeah I guess a big part of it was for a while like I was always just kind of afraid like okay I just kind of felt like everyone was reading my mind it felt like it felt as if everyone could read me mm-hmm. and knew exactly what I was going on and watch my every move. So that was something that I thought was a little bit scary, even though it's not, it's totally not true. So I guess like we're talking about this now, like it's kind of scary revealing this part of yourself. It is. So why is it important that you're now talking about it? Okay. To, um, both being on this podcast and also he wrote the changing the narrative uh, article. Yeah. So I guess, first of all, if you didn't know, I wrote an article about um, some things I went through in changing the narrative for the Oracle. So you could read that if you'd like. Mm -hmm. But why I'm feeling so more open about this is because I've noticed I wrote some of my college essays about some struggles that I've went through. And I noticed that by doing that, I felt so free. Like I felt like I was being let out of a jail cell or something. Uh It it was liberating and almost addicting <laughs> to do so to just open up and vent not really vent but it, to share your story it feels therapeutic like in a way when you talk to a therapist you just tell them your story uh-huh. and that's telling it to one person mm-hmm. so i thought okay if i can tell my story to hundreds or even thousands of people uh-huh. then i would feel so free and there's also the part where sharing your story could encourage others to do the same as yeah so I actually felt inspired to participate in this after looking at some of these other podcasts that I've seen that's our goal that's amazing yeah so really just in any platform I can do to share my story and inspire others to share theirs to form a deeper connection like that's my goal. That's that's, that's yeah. our goal too. That's it's <laughs> wow. like amazing that um so like as Project Oyster, I think we try to our goal was in the beginning to just have have kids open up more about themselves after hearing, you know, other people do the same. And I'm glad that like we're at least making a difference or at least in your life we somehow mm-hmm. encouraged you to do the same and that's just yeah. amazing. You guys are making such a big difference. <laughs> Thank you. That means so much to us. Oh yeah, of course. And um so I guess I wanted to talk about one last thing before uh, we end this episode but you're talking about in the beginning how um when talking about the wellness center you didn't think your problems were like good enough or like you didn't have 
as many yeah. poems to be able to go in. So I guess uh, I feel like that's a pretty universal feeling. And mm-hmm. I was wondering, what advice do you have for kids that may feel the same, that their issues aren't important enough for others to listen to? What would you say to them? So I would say if you're feeling at all um, off, then it is worth noting that and telling someone. So you would say that, I guess, everyone's problem deserves to be heard. Everyone, yes, everyone deserves to be heard. And there's always something that you can tell. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. So I guess, like, thank you, Rena, for coming in and sharing your, I guess, story with us. And I guess, is there anything, any last words you would like to say to our audience? Yeah, so I guess last words is identify like what is up address it and try to be transparent so that other people can hear you out give you their best help and reciprocate and say what they're going through and it's a very um it's a beautiful thing so it's just like open up so you can help others also do the same pretty much great yeah so thank you i think you shared a lot of important messages today through your stories and i guess yeah just thank you for coming in of course inspired and for all of you listeners i hope you have a great day oh my god (laughs) yes please have a good day that's what our podcast (laughs) tries to do So thank you for coming in today, Rena. Of course. And also uh, thank you for our audience for tuning in. If Rena's story has also inspired you to come forward with your struggles, there are many resources available to you that we've discussed today. You can visit the Wellness Center today or text hello to 741-741 to access a 24-7 crisis text line that's always there to help. More crisis hotline numbers can be found on our website at projectoyster.wixsite.com slash website. Our team is also currently working hard to line up future guest speakers and stories, but we need your help. Email us at studio.projectoyster at gmail.com to share your story and possibly get selected to be a speaker on our podcast. You can also email us to just share a story or anecdote that our host will read out loud. And please mention in your email if you would like to have your story remain anonymous. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in our next episode of Project Oyster.